Welcome to The Stripe, the first and only podcast dedicated to the face-off position. I'm your host, Greg Gorenlian. I'm excited to bring you knowledge and insight about the PLL face-offs and superstars that perform at the face-off stripe. Today's episode is all about coaching insight. The PLL coaches have just landed on PLL Island, where they are in the midst of a 24-hour quarantine. We ask them to give us their thoughts on the face-off position heading into training camp. What they are looking for out of the face-off unit and what they hope to accomplish at the stripe during the championship series. As we mentioned before the break, each PLL club's head coach has given us some insight into their face-off unit goals as they kick off camp. My job is to take what they said and translate it for you listeners at home to help you understand what are the keys to watch out for before group play begins on July 25th. First head coach up is the Chaos Lacrosse Club's Andy Towers, head coach, ready to get after it using his face-off man, Tommy Kelly. Let's see what Coach has to say. What's up, Greg Beast in the Stripe? Andy Towers, head coach of the Castle Cross Club, here on the Stripe to answer a few quick questions. First one, your thoughts on the face-off position going into this tournament for your team. Uh, my thoughts are that I feel extraordinarily confident in Tommy Kelly, who we're bringing. We're only bringing one guy, and that's the best guy on the planet, in my opinion. He's got the quickest hands, he's got the best technique, and he's in the best shape of his life, having lost 25 pounds in the uh, last year. Question two, what are you looking for out of the face-off guy you're bringing to the championship series? I'm looking for Ws, pretty simple stuff. Uh, question three, what do you hope to accomplish at the face-off position in the championship series? I wanna make it a distinct advantage for us. You know, the guys in this league are the best seven guys or 14 guys, depending upon, you know, who else is, is bringing one or two guys, um, you know, in the world. And I'm looking to have this be a statistic that we dominate each and every game. And I'm extremely confident that Tommy Kelly, along with the support of his wings, uh, we're going to be able to go out and we're going to accomplish that goal. Good luck. Back to you. Keep doing what you're doing. Let's go chaos. Well, there you have it. Coach Towers. Some takeaways there extraordinarily confident that TK can get it done for himself. TK is the only face-off man that they have ready to roll. And as you can tell, uh, Coach Tower is one of the greatest collegiate face-off men of all time himself. He, he kept it very short and simple. And he believes that Tommy Kelly is the best face-off man on the planet. And TK actually talked about it in our interview that Coach Amplo had said something similar to him with Team USA. If you can just get in shape and you can work on your exits, you can be the best face-off guy on earth. And I think that Coach Towers really believes that TK was able to do that this offseason, losing weight, working on his exits. He believes that he's going to win the majority of the clamps, and they think that it's going to be a huge, uh, distinct advantage. Now, when you look at last year's performance, TK is really going to have to step it up uh, in order to have the things that Coach Towers was talking about come to fruition, but it's certainly not out of reach. He can definitely get to the ball quickly. He can definitely take his 75% clamp advantage, which is, you know, clamp advantage means you can get to the ball and possess it first and, and kind of direct it wherever you want. I think if they have a full team approach and he's on page, the same page with his wings, that yes, TK could certainly be the man. The only question is going to be is can one man carry an entire faceoff unit all the way through the summer heat into the championship? But we'll find out. So next up, let's ask Coach Rubior from 
the Atlas Lacrosse Club, what he has to say about his face-off unit coming into game. Hey, Greg, this is Ben Rubior, head coach of the Atlas Lacrosse Club, and thanks for having me on the stripe. Wanted to talk a little bit about our approach to facing off as we lead into this series, which is obviously a, a different format than we're used to, and we're excited about it. Uh, feel like we got a decent plan going into this thing, and we've spent a lot of time thinking about it and talking about it as a group. You know, in terms of kind of who we're bringing, obviously bringing Trevor Baptiste. Um, thought he had an excellent season last year. The guy has uh, has shown a consistency that I think uh, that's that's really commendable, and that we're going to need throughout this this tournament. But we did we did add some depth there because we know how important it is to uh, to the success that 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 we might have there. So um, picked up Jeremy Thompson uh, kind of late off of waivers after uh, after the the chaos dropped him. Uh, you also got Kevin Unterstein who's who's taken faceoffs in his pro career. Kyle Hartzell, Craig Chick, and Callum Robinson are all poles that have uh, that have that have taken professional faceoffs, and also um, guys that uh, that have been working on it for the last couple months. So it was something that was on our radar as as we kind of heard about this championship series. We knew that we might need some depth at the faceoff position, and that we were going to have to be good there to to have some success. So. We got a we got a group that's been working on it, um, and we devoted you know one of our Zoom calls to to just talking about faceoffs and kind of our approach to to not only the draw but the wing play, um, you know different different places we're going to put guys, um, different ways that we can hopefully force some guys into to some tough positions to to have to make plays and you know to have some chaos around guys as they pick up the ball. So also wanted to talk just. Um, just about kind of what we're looking for from our face-off guys going into this championship series. As, as we approach this thing, I, I think our entire team has to really kind of be in the moment. And I think that goes for our face-off too. I think it's, it's one face-off at a time. And we all know how important possessions are, um, especially if, uh, if you're looking at percentages. Obviously, the more you have the ball, the better chance you have of, of scoring points and the, the less chance the other team has of scoring. So as, as we kind of go into this thing, um, obviously managing reps is something that's on our mind. Um, I think that Trevor is an absolute competitor and, uh, and you know, we're gonna lean on him a lot. Um, but if we gotta go somewhere else, um, I feel like we got, we got some other options. Obviously the PLL has an interesting rule where if you violate, you can't take the next face off. So um, just thinking about kind of how we're going to order order our our face off guys and how we're going to go down the line uh, if we need if we need some other guys to take face offs is one thing we've been thinking about. I also think with with those wings brought in a yard on each side, obviously wing play becomes even that much more important. So we've talked a little bit about kind of where we're putting those guys to to not only create some transition and hopefully some scoring opportunities, but to prevent some transition and it's a place where I feel like we could have done a little bit better job and you know we're going to continue to work on it it's going to be an emphasis for us um, because we we want it to be a strength as we go into this tournament and lastly kind of you know on what we're trying to accomplish I think uh, I think we'd like to improve on last year I think Trevor did an amazing job he took the highest number of face-offs of any guy in the league um, and and he had a great season, but like every competitor, 
I think that he wants to continue to improve. I think our unit knows how important this is to our success, and we got to battle each and every play to try and put ourselves in a position to win the possession and to turn it into goals. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, thanks for doing this podcast. I think the stripe is great, and we'll see you in Utah. Well, as you can see, Coach Rubiar, he's not taking the fact that he has to statistically the best face-off man in the world on his roster for granted. He's actually coming up with a huge team approach, and it sounds like he's actually bringing a lot of thought into this all the way down the roster. Uh, he's about he's excited about his plan going in, obviously. What really uh, resonated with me was they've had a lot of group discussions. So it's not just him and Trevor talking about face-offs. Brought in a lot of wing players, brought in a lot of guys that can take backup reps. Not just Jeremy Thompson, who gets talked about a lot. But you got to remember, Jeremy Thompson, even though he is a very formidable international face-off man uh, in the international game for Team Iroquois, these are completely different rules. And Jeremy statistically wasn't that great last year when he did fill in for the chaos. So having Kevin Understein, who's taken reps, yes. Having Kyle Hartzell there, having Chick and Kalem, that's great. However... Uh, when you put all of those guys combined in a PLL faceoff, I don't know how many they would win. I think what Coach Rubior uh, was alluding to was not winning clamps, right, what we talked about, getting to the ball first. He doesn't care about that. He's been devoting these Zoom calls uh, to talking to all these guys because his goal is to win the possession battle, right, and not just win faceoffs with Trevor, but use Trevor's ability to create transition and get easy goals. Then on the flip side, when you have guys taking backup reps, so if Trevor fall starts and can't take the next face off or if Trevor gets tired, um, you know, somebody else can fill in, but not make it an automatically lost possession. Don't sit there on a knee and lose your clamp, get up quickly and use body punches, have your poles check, shut off, et cetera. And it sounds like he's really planning to do that. Uh, you know, this team approach is something that's very refreshing. And I think some coaches forget about that, but we're talking about professional coaches here. The PLL head coaches are some of the best in the game. So they're all thinking about the X's and O's way beyond just the clamp and turn approach. Managing Trevor's reps was something else Coach talked about. That's going to be big. Only a couple of teams are bringing one guy, and I think the, the thing that we're going to continue to see is, yes, you have one guy, you think he's the best, but what's it going to be like on championship weekend? Like when you get all the way through group play and you're in the elimination round, does your guy still have the gas? And they talked about managing his reps. Maybe they'll, you know, when if they're up by a lot, take Trevor out for the rest of the game if they're down by a lot, et cetera, but managing his reps so that he doesn't feel like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders, even though he's in really good shape and he's well-rested. I think they're going to be looking forward to getting their possessions, but what I really loved about it was Coach wanted to improve on last year, and you might sit there and go, how can you improve on last year? You know, Your Trevor led the league in faceoff percentage. No, he's, he wants to improve by making those manageable goal situations. So not only are they looking to win the possessions, but they're already talking about how can they create transition immediately and try to get some easy goals. Next up is Water Dogs head coach, Andy Copeland. He's going to break down his face-off unit. Let's listen to him now. Hey, Greg and the Stripe, Andy Copeland here, head coach of the Water Dogs Lacrosse Club. Appreciate you having me on. I'll, uh, I'll jump right into this here for you. So thoughts on the face-off position for the Water Dogs heading into tournament time. Feel, uh, feel really good about, uh, 
about the two-headed monster that we have in Drew Simino and Jake Withers. I think they're both uh, elite and, and, and different and will complement each other quite well. So have followed Drew's career. Uh, certainly his collegiate career speaks for itself, but uh, he's done some pretty remarkable stuff at the professional level here too. And I know how motivated he is uh, coming off last season where maybe he, he, he felt like he, he either wasn't at his best or wasn't necessarily given a fair shot. So just think we're getting uh, a really motivated guy who's, uh, who's going to be back to form, certainly. And then with the late acquisition here off the waivers of, uh, of Jake Withers, uh, I, I think he's another special one. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Team Canada thing tells you, you know, how highly that he is he is thought about uh, just kind of on the national stage. But then what he's done in the indoor scene and, uh, and then obviously back to his collegiate career at Ohio State, I um, think he has, you know, I mean, obviously he's a great technician. He's tough as can be. He's a great ground ball guy. He has a little bit of that kind of indoor background. Uh, and, and, and both these guys, I think, are really good face-off guys, certainly, but they're also really good athletes that can kind of be used in a variety of ways. So... Uh, hopefully that really is a is a strength of the water dogs here. So uh, next question is, what are we looking for uh, out of these guys to, 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 to bring to the championship series? Well, I mean, obviously we want to we want to win possession. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer just in kind of the, the specialty positions. I think uh, one one stat that's critically important is when your face off percentage and your goalie save percentage. Uh, can kind of accumulate to north of 100, you put yourself in a pretty good uh, position to win. So uh, I love the idea of being strong up the middle. Um, you, you know, I mean, between Charlie Cipriano and Matt DeLuca in cage and then and then Drew Simino and Jake Withers here at the X, uh, I think we have kind of checked those boxes. So it's a combination of, of possession time uh, and then also just, just toughness and you know, really trying to, uh, uh, you know, kind of add value culturally to who we want the Water Dogs Lacrosse Club to become as well. And then what are we hoping to accomplish at the face-off position in the championship series? Well, we, uh, you know, again, we want to we want to win possession. We certainly want to kind of kind of be on the, the, the positive side of that time of possession battle. But uh, but I also think, you know, there's there's kind of a difference between just gaining possession and then also being really opportunistic from the face off. And I think we'll have the chance to be really opportunistic there. So we uh, you know, we feel really good about the guys at the X. We feel really good about our wing play. Um, you know, I mean, we have we have pretty much like the the Team Canada face-off unit assembled right now, which is pretty cool between Brody and then Ryland Reese, uh, you know, as potential LSMs. I mean, you throw kind of Noah Richard in there, who I think is exceptional. And then you have Courier, uh, you know, along with a, a number of other short sticks on our team who we think can kind of get reps and minutes there. Um, we just feel like that can really be an area of strength uh, for us. So we, uh, we want to try to push it off the face-off. Um, you know, and then certainly if we get any of those guys kind of trapped on the defensive end, we really have the utmost confidence in them just to just to do their job there. So, uh, Greg, I appreciate you having me on very much. I, uh, I, I can't tell you how much respect I have for you. I mean, obviously, your your playing career, uh, you know, speaks for itself. But as you've kind of turned the page and moved on to the next chapter here, I uh I really got a ton of respect for what you've done for the face-off position and kind of what you continue to do just for the PLL and for the sport of lacrosse at large. So thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to speaking soon. Take care. Coach Copeland giving us some really good insight there. They're going to be using a two-headed monster. And when we talked to Drew Simino and Jake Withers in our earlier episode, they had broken down how they've been on the horn and they've been 
talking to Coach Copeland at length about the approach. And then you can tell that this team looks like they're all going to be on the same page. Not only do you have two face-off guys that complement each other pretty well because of the distinct differences after the play. For instance, Drew Simino is looking like Coach Copeland has him in mind as somebody who is going to be possessing the ball. Get us the ball and let us take care of it. Where Coach Withers, or Jake Withers, excuse me, Jake Withers is, is looked at more of a guy who not only can he cre- can win a faceoff, but he can create transition. If you watch his college highlights, they're insane. He's a very, uh, very good stick-skilled guy. He's not only someone who can just stay on the field and make you pay, but he'll actually dodge you. So I think you have two really different styles after the ball is popped out. That's going to be interesting to watch out for and then to see how they manage and rotate those guys. You have two guys that's great. It can work for you if they go in with a pre-planned expectation, right? If I go in as a second face-off guy and I have a teammate and we're both sitting there going, okay, I'll take every other one or I'll take every two and we have a plan going into the game, we're both ready and prepared, that's a big difference compared to having one guy go in and then telling the other guy, yeah, you know, if I start to get cold, you come in. That could create some kind of adversity or maybe almost animosity sometimes with not just professional guys, but college face-off guys as well, where you want to get your reps. So if they go in with this proper plan, it looks like they're going to, it could really pay dividends, especially when we get into the elimination round. So they want to win possession. And Coach Copeland, a really refreshing take for a coach as well, not just all these PLL coaches admiring the face-off position, but Coach Copeland really built his program around this, right? When they had their draft the, the expansion draft, he said he wanted to be strong up the middle, strong goaltending, strong faceoffs, uh, and he's all in on the specialists because specialization is part of team sports in general, and he's really all in on that, which is awesome. Uh, not only do they want to create opportunities off of their faceoffs, but they want to keep their guys fresh, so it's going to be really cool to see how the Water Dogs rotate those reps. Next up is going to be Coach Stagnita from the defending champion Whip Snakes. Let's see how he's looking at his approach for the faceoff unit. Hey Greg, it's Jim Stagnita, head coach of the PLL Whipsnakes. Excited to join you today on today's episode of The Stripe. Um, this year, uh, as, as, as we had last year, we have one of the premier face-off guys um, in the league, a uh, proven professional, someone you're very familiar with, um, in Joe Nardella. Obviously, that was, uh, that was a no-brainer for us from a protection standpoint and, and who we were going to bring um, you know, what we love about Joe, I think that, um, that you know, separates him from the average face-off guy in our league is Joe's ability to create offense, to stay on the field, you know, to, uh, to not only score and start the break, but to also set picks and, uh, and honestly has the ability to dodge and, and shoot on the run. So he gives us another weapon, an offensive weapon, you know, from the X. Obviously, everybody he faces off against is talented. And, uh, you know, he does, you know, he also does a great job of fighting for the ground ball and picking up the tough ground balls. And uh, I think we uh, feel good about the guys we have supporting him on the wing, on the wings. We have a really, uh, we have a really good group there, particularly now that we add uh, Zed Williams and, and TJ Camizio. Um, and obviously Mike Earhart is, uh, you know, is one of the better LSMs when it comes to picking up the ball and, and creating offense. Uh, our, you know, we we uh, we made a a choice on our on our second. Um, I was looking and was always planning to bring a second faceoff guy. As you know, this could, this is going to be grueling, and you know you don't want to be be caught without a faceoff guy. We had a couple guys on our team last year who took faceoffs. 
um, Mike Earhart and uh, uh, Jake Bernhardt. Um, you know, they weren't necessarily successful, so we, you know, we wanted to get someone that we knew could go out there and, and, and compete a little bit more consistently with a little bit more face-off experience. And uh, Joe Nardella, actually, and a, a couple of the guys recommended we go with uh, with Joe McCallion. And, you know, Joe's played for me uh, in the past. Joe's a, uh, an experienced and proven uh, midfielder and, you know, in the professional ranks. Um, but Joe was also a very good face-off guy in high school and early in college. And he just hadn't worked at it or spent any time at it over the last couple of years. He did take some face-offs for me in the past at the professional level and uh, he's worked with Joe Nardella here for the last two months um, kind of getting back into it and and working on some different aspects of the you know of the face-off game so he's going to come in um, as our second uh, Joe's a tough guy he scored 40 something goals his senior year I was coaching at Penn as, a, as an attackman uh, he was a midfielder. He's played defensive midfield, and as I said, he's faced off. So when you have a roster of 22, to be able to add someone that is just not purely a face-off guy, but it can be a regular midfielder for us and fill in a lot of spots over this you know, over this three-week period, we feel pretty good about, um, about having Joe as, as our second. Um, so that's the way we're going to be going into the, uh, into the championship series. And uh, we look forward to competing. And, you know, I think we have a, a pretty good one-two combination, you know, at the X that, that gives us more than just face-off guys, but gives us some depth and some ability to create from the X. And uh, enjoy joining you today at the Stripe and look forward to uh, circling back during or after the event. Yeah, and it looks like Coach Dagnita is really excited about the prospect of having Joe Nardella back. Why wouldn't you be? He had a good season last year, and he's putting a, a, actually a very surprising amount of faith in Joe McCallion, who, look, is a, it was a very, very efficient face-off guy in college. He hasn't done in a long time, hasn't faced off of the PLL rules, but not that dissimilar from where the Redwoods are looking at Peyton Smith, and we'll get to them in a second, where... Coach Tagney is saying, look, Joe's been working on this for a couple months. He's fresh. He's good to go. He's upgraded. And he's a two-way midi. So not only is he looking at him as the standard flag-bearing backup face-off guy, but he's also going to be a utility guy. He's a two-way midi. He's a ferocious competitor, a great offensive and defensive midfielder that can do a little bit of everything. He can even take wings. So it's not like he's just going to be sitting on the bench waiting for his reps. He'll be playing in these games, and he'll be – warm and prepared and sweating. So it's a lot easier to go in there in the flow of a game and take that face off. What I'm going to be very interested in is if Joe McCallion can take face offs, can he hang with the speed, the hand speed of the starters, which is yet to be seen. And then also with these new rules, will he have his timing down in the space of the field? Uh, whether, you know, if he does win a clamp and what's his footwork going to be like, if he does realize, wow, I don't have the hand speed to compete with the starters but will he use his athleticism to counter very well? Because when we look at this breakdown, Joe Nardella's strength is athleticism and chaos in the middle of the field. We talked about it in his interview and with interviews with other guys. A Joe Nardella highlight does not look like a clean pinch and pop, bring the ball down, shoot and score. A Joe Nardella highlight looks like a 15 or 20 second face off, guys diving all over the place, Joe scrambling on his knees and coming out with a huge, crucial ground ball, which is great. However, when you're playing in this format, 
If you take reps that are taking 30, 40 seconds at a time, you're staying on the field longer than other guys, you're trying to get scoring opportunities, those reps wear you down. And if you're going to play game after game after game in group play, who knows what you're going to have left in elimination time. So McCallion, Earhart, Bernhardt, going to be huge factors for keeping Joe Nardella as fresh as possible going into the elimination. Next up, we're going to be listening to Coach Bates from the Archers Lacrosse Club. He's got an insane offense, and now we're going to see what his face-off unit can do to get that offense to the ball. Hey, Greg in the Stripe. It's Chris Bates, head coach of the Archers Lacrosse Club, and I'm really excited to be with you guys today um, and chat a little bit about the face-off position. So for us, going into the championship series here, um, we decided to bring two face-off guys, which I think uh, hopefully can be uh, an advantage or benefit for us, right? With just a long training camp, we have actually two extra days than other teams. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a long training camp period and then into a regular season where there's four games uh, in seven days. And then, you know, right after that, having the uh, the tournament, you know, you ultimately have set, potentially have seven games in 14 days. So we felt bringing two w- was important for us uh, and probably not a surprise either, right? Just given last year, you know, in terms of what we're looking for out of those guys, I would, you know, just say, Similar to last year, really, right? Um, you know, we're taking Stephen Kelly uh, Bones is his nickname for, that a lot of folks know, and then Brendan Fowler. So, you know, for us, those guys rotated last year um, and, and did a good job. So, for us, I think we're just looking for uh, you know as much as, as as much as we can get in terms of a compete level. Um, you know, last year after we traded for Brendan, I, th- I think it helped. I think, you know, it gave us a little bit more depth. We were able to rotate those guys, and I think our percentages showed that, you know, that that was uh, was effective for us. Um, so ha- having those two guys in a rotation, I think those guys complement each other uh, pretty well. Um, you know, there's a good dialogue on the sideline, uh, you know, between face-offs. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, hopefully that can, can, can be an area where we excel over the course of the championship series. You know, in general, what we hope to accomplish at the face-off X is simple. You know, we want to win more than we lose. Um, you know, I know what that sounds like. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we can set the tone with with our toughness there, our compete level. Um, you know, we want to bring our, our, our wing play into the game because I think that can be a strength for us. I think Scott Ratliff is one of the best long stick midfielders on the wing. Certainly, he's just got an uncanny knack of picking up ground balls and helping us create some transition. Um you know, and then our short stick D mids in, in terms of Dom, Dominique, Alexander, Moose, Teller, Fister. You know, I think Christian Mazzone has played there before. He's a new addition to our team, so we may take a look at him and, and Ian McKay there. Um, so hopefully, you know, p- possession's obviously important. We've been able to create some transition off off of, uh, you know, winning some, some face-offs. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, just doing a good job in, in terms of wearing the other guy out and, and having it be something that can be a real strength for us. So, you know, we're excited going into this, this uh, championship series and, and feel like, you know, we're, we're really excited with our, our two guys that we have, coupled with, uh, you know, our systems around it in terms of wing play and, and then maybe some early offense. So um, we'll see. Thanks, Greg, for having me on. Excited for our guys to compete at the Stripe these next few weeks, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, I, I love Coach Bates' take on the two face-off man rotation. 
You can tell the statistics jump off the page. We talked about it in our episode with both Bones Kelly and Brendan Fowler about how once Brendan Fowler was traded from the Chrome to the Archers last year, it totally changed the outlook of their faceoff percentages. Bones Kelly himself skyrocketed. Brendan Fowler was a great disruption player. He actually had his best statistical game against Trevor Baptiste last year. So you have two very comparable guys. And it's interesting because you're taking two guys that have very, very similar styles. They're both super athletic. They're both awesome off the ground. They can both score in transition and push the ball. I really think that if the Archers can take a 51% approach of winning just more than half of the faceoffs in a game, and if you can keep things relatively equal, your offense, if they get the same amount of possessions as the other team's offense, is going to score more points, right? It's like if we look back at the old Oregon football with Chip Kelly, if both teams are going to have 10 possessions, Oregon's going to score nine touchdowns, and the other team's probably going to score seven or less, and Oregon's going to come out on top. And I really think that's going to be the Archers' approach going into this thing, saying, yes, not only are we going to win faceoffs, but not only is our and not only is our faceoff guys both gifted offensively, right? Joe Nardell is a guy who makes people pay because he stays on the field. But these are two guys that will actually dodge their guys and make you pay for staying on the field. And what will happen is if you're getting faceoff guys hung up and then they have to come back and they have to go out and face off again, they're going to get tired. So you have two guys that are pushing it. You have a awesome wing unit that naturally thinks of offense after they scoop the ball. This isn't something that even have to be planning for. That's just something that is naturally in their DNA. They're out there practicing ahead of time. I really think the archers have an awesome shot at coming out of this with a really good percentage. But if they if they're getting half of their face-off wins, if they're getting 50% or better, the league needs to watch out with the with that offense. Up next is the brand new head coach of the Chrome Lacrosse Club, Tim Sudan. We're gonna get his breakdown right now in his face-off unit going into camp. What's up, Greg? What's up, Stripe Nation? Let's go. Uh, this is Tim Sudan, head coach of the Chrome Lacrosse Club. Really excited to be on today's episode. So my thoughts on the face-off position going into the tournament for our team, um, there was a lot of com- conversations before we made a decision, but each and every conversation led to the same outcome. We need to bring two face-off guys to this championship. Duration, playing every single day, getting beat up. Um, The face-off position is a Warriors position, a Vikings position that these guys get torn up. And as you know, Greg, it's it's not easy to take every single face-off in a game, even though that's how you guys are conditioned. But I think it's important for us to make sure that we have our best going into the the semifinals and finals or into the, you know, the playoff structure. And, you know, having two guys just makes sense. The other piece of it is being able to bring two guys that have very different styles. I think uh, that was something we were looking for when we picked up Hunter Forbes. And I think that's... uh, going to be huge for us to be able to have a little different style that might match up better against a different face-off guy than maybe Connors would be. So the combination of Hunter and uh, Connor is is going to be outstanding for us and give us some options. So we've already had conversations with our face-off guys and our expectations for them and, and basically what we're looking for. And 
you know, we're, we're basically looking for him to go out and battle and, and go out and possess the ball afterwards and make smart decisions with the ball. Um, so they're going to work as a team and they're going to feel like a unit with the with the wing guys and we're going to have philosophies set for outlet places and and different things like that so they feel a little bit more comfortable after picking up the ball if they're getting uh, pressured heavily so that's going to be a big uh, piece to our our game planning is like you know go get the ball from our face-off guys if, if they need help so for us um, you know I I think the the, the position of face-off is super important, especially all things equal in a, in, in a game situation. A face-off guy can basically win a game for your team. And, you know, having two guys that are different um, are, is going to help us. But basically what we're, we're hoping for is to, you know, have somewhere between 55 and 60% face-off wins, I would say, is, is, is realistic, maybe higher. Um, but the possessions after the faceoff win, I think, is huge for us. So if we can make sure that out of that 60% faceoff win, we possess the ball 90, 95% of the time afterwards for a full possession, um, I think that's, that's you know, our goal as, as a team and as a coaching staff. Thanks, Greg, for having me on. Excited for uh, Connor and Hunter to compete at the Stripe these next few weeks. I know they're going to bring a big impact to uh, to the Chrome and what we can accomplish this uh, championship series. Thanks. Have a great day. Last year, people might be scratching their heads going, wow, Connor Farrell was awesome last year. He was in the top three in faceoff percentage in the league, and he's lost some weight. We listened to his interview, and he, looked, he sounded excited and looks really good. Why did they bring two guys? And hopefully, co- listening to Coach Sudan break it down, Makes a lot of sense to people now. You have two guys. Now, where the archers have two guys that are almost identical style-wise, the chrome, statistically, yes, they're good at winning face-offs. And the milkman obviously can deliver. But they went out and said, we need two guys because it's a grueling series, right? We talk about the sprint model, not a long season where you get a week to rehab. Sprint model, back to back to back. The heat of the summer, you're at altitude. So not only did they go out and get a second guy, they didn't want just a second body, but Coach Sudan is very intelligent, and they went with a guy who's literally completely opposite. His style is the exact opposite of Connor Farrell's, and it's Hunter Forbes. And Hunter Forbes was a phenomenal record-breaking face-off guy in college. He wasn't a guy who just used to face off. He's a guy who literally can be a game-changing presence, and he has a completely different style than Connor. And I know from experience that if you have two guys that are similar – you can game plan with one wing strategy. But if you have to go out there and look to see who's taking the face off every single time, you have to turn around and yell back to your coach. You have to get the right wing guys on there. You have to get them in completely different positions. And if you're on scoring runs, whether you're scoring or you're getting scored on, and you have to do that after every face off, if you're one face off guy, that's exhausting. And if you're a coach, it's really annoying because you don't have time after getting scored on to then talk to your defense. You have to turn around and get all the right wing guys in the right spot. That's going to be really interesting to watch. So when you're watching the Chrome, watch a game and see not only who's out there wing-wise when each face-off guy's out there, but how are the how are the styles different? Where are they putting the guys in different places to be successful? Now, their goal is 55 to 60%, okay, quality possession emphasis. So what we mean by that is, Coach said, I want to win 55 to 60% of my face-offs. 
So that means that we're going to scoop the ball and get possession first after the faceoff happens. That counts as a faceoff win. However, when we look at the, the quality per, per possession percentage, that means that we're getting the ball into the arc, and he wants that at a 90% retention. So he wants to win 55 to 60% of his initial clamps and draws and get the ball first. Then he wants to turn that into a 90% of the time, getting the ball in the arc and running an offense. And I think that, yes, those are lofty goals in the PLL. This isn't college where guys can go 78%. This is a very lofty goal. However, with the, the style that I know Tim Sudan runs and, and the, the way that he coaches and the presence he has and the offensive minds that they're going to have on that end of the field, this is a very achievable goal. I think a 90% quality possession retention is very, very doable. The question is going to be, can they get into that 55 to 60% range? That's going to be the question because I do think that at first we're going to watch very closely Hunter Forbes. Is there going to be a learning curve or is he going to come out there and throw guys for a loop early in the first or second face-offs of the games in the first and second games of that group play? If he can do that, sure, they can hit 60%. But if it takes a little bit of a learning curve, you're hurting your percentage and you're probably going to be closer to 50%. So we'll see. Last but certainly not least is the Redwoods Lacrosse Club with Coach Nat St. Laurent. He's going to be giving us his breakdown with his two-headed face-off monster of rookies, Greg Pasculjan and Peyton Smith. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me on the stripe. Uh, just landed here and um, miss you already. But, uh, you know, as we get ready to head into training camp and we start thinking about the face-off and the Redwoods approach to that, we've got a lot of things we've got to figure out. Um, you know, we've got the rookie out of Hofs- or, uh, Marist College, rookie out of Marist College and Peyton Smith and, you know, a pro lacrosse veteran and Greg Pasculjian, who I've been able to coach over the years. Uh, both of those bring different elements to us. Um, you know, with Peyton, we know he's going to scrap and he's hungry to prove himself at this level. And I know he's been getting some of the top training that you can possibly get from you and uh, the people that you work with. So we're very excited about that. You know, Greg brings a different element. I think he's got pretty quick hands and gets the ball out quick. Uh, but he hasn't faced off with these rules. So obviously there's a there's a question mark there. But I know that he's super excited to be here to prove himself, uh, you know, on the biggest stage. So we got to figure that out early on. Uh, they're two totally different pl- uh, face off guys. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to go with these two. Um, I just didn't feel bringing, you know, two of the same type of person uh, and player to, to this tournament would be great. Uh, it'll keep the other team on their heels, hopefully. We also can go a little deeper, <clears throat> excuse me, we can also go a little deeper if we need to with Nick Casello and Tyler Dunn facing off with a pole. So, you know, we lost probably the best face-off guy to ever play it, um, to ever do it at this game, in my opinion, and, and yourself, Greg. And we know that one person's not going to replace Greg Grenland. We understand that. So we're really going to focus on coming at guys in waves with two different face-off guys through this type of tournament. I think we're going to hold up well. And then I sleep a little bit better at night knowing that we've got two other options um, and Tyler Dunn and Nick Asello if we need to. So that's kind of the face-off personnel. Um, our wing play, we feel very comfortable with. We think that, you know, Brent Adams, Sergio Perkovic, and, you know, Pat Harbison is probably one of the better face-off wings that doesn't get talked about. So we feel great about that. Um, we also have Jack Neer and, you know, Johnny Sexton. And we're, the world's going to see Hugh Krantz um, and Tyler Dunn play pole as well. So we feel like we have some athletic, tough, scrappy people. And if we can just execute the game plans, I think we're going to do very well there. In terms of what we're looking to accomplish in at the championship series, 
you know, at the end of the day, we want to win. You know, we proved last year when Greg was out that we could win with some very low face-off percentages, uh, percentages, but that wasn't healthy. Um, that, that didn't help me sleep at night. So we're really looking to, you know, make at least everything 50-50. Uh, I think we can do better than that. And, you know, the more we get the ball with our offense and how good our defense is and what we've got in cage, I think, uh, you know, we, we're in a great spot to win this thing. Greg, pumped for having me on here. I love this, uh, the stripe. It's been helping me grow as a coach, and it's been fun to listen to it. I'm glad you're doing it. It's really helping our game. Wow, phenomenal take by Coach uh, Nat right there. Talking about, yes, he's using a two-guy rotation. He's using Greg Pasculjan, and he's using Peyton Smith. Both are predominantly knee-down guys, but I feel that they are very, very different scouting-wise. Greg Pasculjan pulls the ball out in a very unorthodox way. He has a very unorthodox stance and style, and he's got incredible hand speed. Peyton Smith is a completely different cat, different, different exit strategy, different wing play strategy. So it's going to be interesting not only for them to try to throw other teams off, but then how can they play together to actually set each other up, right? Craig, Craig Pasculjan loves to get that ball with an underside wall and rip it forward. And Peyton Smith can stand up and go on a knee, and he likes to use more of a defensive exit strategy. So it'll be very interesting. You have a full-fledged two-way midfield wing play setup. And this is what Coach was really talking about. Not only are we bringing two face-off guys, but we also have guys who have faced off before in the PLL. You have John Sexton. You have Nick Osella. You have uh, Dunner. So you got different guys that can come in and take reps. You have uh, Jack Near. You have Perkovic. You have Brent Adams. You have a bunch of guys that are can, can go two ways on the, the midline as well. So transition was the way the PLL Redwoods got to the championship last year. This will have to be the way that they get to the championship this year. All right? And if they're going to get there, they're going to have to create offense off of the faceoff. And they're also going to have to stop teams from scoring off the faceoff as well. And I know that sounds simplistic, but when you look at it, it, it makes sense based on what their personnel is. Now, I would like to probably at some point, if they're getting in a groove, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Miles Jones up there on the wing as well. So there's guys that can do both. And I think you saw Perkovic really take off. And I think if he plays the wings as well and plays some D mid again, it's going to create more transition two bombs uh, for the big man. And what I really like about it is not only is uh, Coach Nat talking about a committee mindset as far as two face-off guys, but he's talking about it from the offense, the defense, the attack, everybody in on it. So if we do lose a face-off, he's saying we will try to fight that ball back so we can get our possession anyway. And I think that's something that he's going to be is going to be really crucial for this team to be understanding of. And I think guys, knowing the locker room in there from playing with them last year, there's no egos. These guys will do whatever they're told. So it'll be very cool to watch that gameplay. We all know if you're listening to this podcast, a lot of times face-off guys are under siege. The position is under siege. And a lot of it usually has to do with either ignorance or laziness as far as understanding the position or figuring out how to coach it. You do not find that in the PLL. And that is what's so awesome about these coaches. They embrace the specialty aspect of the game because every single position is a specialty position. That's what team sports are. And not only are they trying to understand it, but they're trying to game plan around their face-off athletes, and they're using it as a strength. How can I take this position and create what I can out of it based on the diversity of my athletes at that position that I have? And right now we're looking at, very, you know, you have seven teams, 
They all ha- believe they have the best face-off guy on earth on their t- on their roster, and they're trying to play to that guy's strengths, and they're trying to use him however they can to win games. And it's been so cool to listen to how each team is going about it their own way. You know, you have guys, you have teams that have one guy where they're saying, "I just want him to win the clamp every time and get us possession." You have other teams that have a you know a, a world-beating starting face-off guy, and they're saying, "You know, what? we brought a second guy in." just so that he can give the other team a change of pace and something else to scout. You have other teams that are bringing a guy who hasn't faced off in four or five years and saying, you're going to be the backup guy and we're going to use you as a utility man. You have other teams that are bringing in two guys who've never taken a PLL faceoff before, and they're fully prepared to lean on them and help them be successful so that they can get all the way to the championship series. What I loved hearing about were coaches that are talking about the elimination round. They're not sitting there saying, I think we can win face-offs, and if we have to, we'll go to another guy. Everybody's thinking long-term play. How can I win face-offs on the last day? And that's what we're going to see. Who's coming in the training camp right now, and who is also looking at what they're doing right now, and I'm really interested when we come back to our next episode before the group play starts, who's going to sit there and say, wow, okay, I had this game plan going in the training camp, but now we're going to go with something different. That's what I just cannot wait to see how things build and change over the course of training camp. The pressure is mounting. We're five days away from a world from a PL championship game. And I cannot wait to see how this shapes up. And I'll be live tweeting the entire time. I want you guys to enjoy it and I get excited about it. Please do me a favor. Okay, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'll be with you guys the entire time. I can't wait. Let's enjoy the show. And when I see you guys next time on the stripe, we'll be breaking down the group play. 